Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Robin Miller, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Thanks for coming on, Robin. How are you? I am great, Tom, and thank you so much for inviting me to join you this morning. I'm really Uh, looking forward to our chat. Yeah, and our pleasure. And I'm really excited to hear about um, what you're doing in and for businesses. Um, And, you know, this show is really all about creating strategies and communicating ideas to help business owners create more profit and growth in their business. And I know as a human resource consultant, that's one of your main functions to keep the thing going. So we're going to learn a lot today. And whether you're a a big company or a small company, Robin uh, has a lot of experience. And, you know, before we get going into the questions, Robin, let me let the the audience uh, know a little bit more about you. Um, Robin, to me, is amazing. Uh, She's got great energy, but she's the principal of Northeast HR Consulting based in Madison. And Robin and her her colleagues uh, work with businesses throughout Northeast and beyond. She's made uh, more than 25 years. She's been in HR for more than 25 years and business management experience. And Her focus is on helping employers develop clear goals, solid systems, and structures that will help them be more sufficient. Boy, you fit right like a glove on this broadcast. (laughs) Um, And that's what we're all about. So, um, you know, Robin, you've got a lot of experience. So I guess the first thing I really do want to ask you is, how did you get started in your profession? Uh, Well, back uh, when I first got out of college, I worked for an investment company in Boston, and I kind of accidentally fell into HR. Um, After being with the company for several years, I took a position in training and development, for which I had absolutely no experience, (laughs) but I had a lot of knowledge of the products and some of the processes related to the company I was working with. and so jumped into kind of developing product-specific training for the company. And about that time that I, that I moved into training, um, the HR role was really changing a lot in organizations. And prior, there had been a very siloed effort with HR. So you'd have a payroll person, you'd have a training person, you'd have a recruiting person, you'd have a benefits person. And so as an employee or manager, you really had to navigate figuring out who to go to for what question. And so back in the mid to late 80s, 
that really transition started to transition to, or maybe early nineties transition to what was then called a generalist. And really the idea was to be more customer service focused within an organization so that you'd be assigned to particular departments in the company and you'd be their point person for anything HR related. And fast forward 30 years, really HR has developed into what what most people would term as a true business partner role. So not only are we there to help employees to navigate what it means to be an employee within a company, but we really help managers and business leaders to think about the impact of their business decisions on the employee side of their business. And so we're in a lot of conversations at a very high level now that back 30 years ago, we were not a part of it all. And I think ultimately that means that businesses and business owners are making better decisions because they're really thinking about things in a very much 360 degree view um, as they make decisions about where they're trying to get to and what resources they need from a human capital standpoint to get there. Yeah, you know, as you were talking, it, it occurred to me that HR years ago was a thing that you did as a task where now you're much more in a consulting role for the company than the doer. Definitely. Is that correct? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things, I mean, you've been around, you know, a while now, and um, I'm sure one time you were the youngest one and like (laughs) we all were, and now we're the older ones. But so what have you done in the, in the past that you feel really helped you get to the stage of success that you are at now? Well, it's interesting. I didn't start out my career in HR ever thinking about consulting as an opportunity. And I worked for some pretty varied organizations throughout my career. Um, I worked for a Fortune 100 manufacturing company with offices all over the world. I worked at a small independent boarding and day school on the big island of Hawaii. Um, And most recently, before I started my consulting practice, I worked in the medical school at Yale University. And, you know, lots of different needs. And regardless of the size of the organization, I think because I started before I got into HR, I was in a customer service role. And I think that really carried through to all of my positions that I always took the took the vantage point that I was there to serve my customers and my customers might be internal employees and managers, but it was still all about figuring out how to make the ways that we should do things work effectively in reality on a day-to-day basis in departments and in organizations. And so when I made the decision to move out and and work for myself, I really felt that there were a lot of organizations that were too small to really afford having an HR professional at the level of experience that I had. Um, It just doesn't make sense for most companies until they get to a certain point, but they have the same exact needs that 
the big organizations have, right? How do you find good people? How do you keep good people? How do you deal with problems? How do you help employees when they have a personal crisis? How do you train employees effectively? How do you pay them the right way? They're all the same questions. So I really felt that it was pretty evident that my services and my knowledge would be useful to the smallest company out there who was trying to grow and figuring out what they needed to do to put good structures in place to support the growth that they were working to get. You know, and you're right because, uh, and that's my, I have a follow-up question is they're the same questions, uh, maybe not the same answers, but they are the same questions. If you're trying to grow a business, you know, you've heard me maybe read a lot of my articles about the value drivers of creating and delegating tasks on a higher level to do those things that you do better. And obviously that takes manpower and very, very uh, good next level management. And that happens not only with the 200 man company that happens with the five man company too. So question is, um, what's, what's the smallest company that you would work with and consult with? Um, We've worked with companies where they're hiring their first employee. And I think the largest company that, that I've worked with as a consultant was around 1500 employees. So you and mm-hmm. and the jobs with those two clients are obviously very different, but you said something really important a minute ago that I wanted to kind of roll back to which is the problems are the same regardless of the size of the company, but the solutions, the answers aren't always the same, right? Because there's a certain level of practicality about what a company of 5 or 10 people can afford to do versus a company of 1,500. Um, And a lot of times as companies grow, what happens is the the person who manages the office or maybe manages the finances or the owner of the company has kind of been thrust into this role of trying to make decisions and make sure that they're being compliant with all of the labor laws and they have no experience in HR. And it's, it is a good place when, when business owners start to think about delegating tasks. It's a, a really impactful place to start to think about bringing in an expert who can help you make the best decisions given your specific scenario. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of growth over the last five to 10 years in outsourced HR. The challenge is that if you pick up the phone and call an 800 number to get an answer, they probably don't really understand all of the challenges that you're facing. And I have found over my years of experience that human resources is not a one size fits all type of um, area of expertise. You really have to learn about the business and understand what the challenges are in order to get, make the best recommendations about how to move forward. You know, uh, I, I'm often asked by people that I work with, uh, when's the best time to think about transitioning your business or exiting it? And I always tell them when you buy your business <laughs> or start it now. And that that's really an indication that 
if you start doing the right value drivers right in the beginning of your new young business life, you have a better chance of creating a successful business and much faster growth. And part of that is getting the right people in to make the right decisions, but also to steer you in the right direction. And, and what you do is, is extremely important for even a, a new young business to be pointed in the right direction. It's interesting. <clears throat> I have, uh, what worries you uh, the most about um, running your own business? That's number one question, but part B of that, what do you think is worrying the employee that you work with being in their own business. So let's take your business for an example. What worries you the most about running your business? So I think, you know, the, the quickest and easiest answer is we, we're living in a time where the rules are constantly changing, especially this year. Um, I can remember very well back to the middle of March, the first phone call I got from a past client saying, what do I do about this COVID stuff? And it was an uncomfortable place for me initially because HR people tend to really like to know what the rules are before they make recommendations on how to move forward. And we were all kind of learning and figuring it out together. And I think right now for business owners, there's this continued uncertainty about what the future is going to look like. And it may be magnified at the moment because of the pandemic and all of the other things that are happening in our country right now. But I think in reality, that's always there to some degree is that uncertainty about the future. And so the lesson for me as I went through the process of trying to learn about and counsel my, my clients was arm yourself as best you can with good information. Make sure that you're, that you're doing your research and make the best decision that you can based on what you know. And I think that that really carries forward to my own business, right? Because HR has changed so much since I started in the field and continues to shift dramatically. So for me, the challenge is to always stay informed and be aware of the resources that are available for my clients. You know, one of the things that we do is oftentimes we'll go into a business that maybe has gone through a big growth spurt and we'll find that they're you know, they're still doing their payroll by hand, but they might have 50 employees and they've got someone spending three days a week on running their, running their payroll when a good HR system would allow them to cut that down to maybe four hours. Um, and that, that realm of HR services is changing all the time. There are, there's lots of competition. And so one of the challenges for us is to stay really up to date on which systems are doing well, which systems have good customer service, which ones are the right fit for the type of business that we're working with. So there's a lot of moving parts. And so I would say my, my, you know, my biggest worry is always that I want to make sure I'm as informed as I can so I can make the best recommendations to my clients. 
You, you mentioned uh, systems, and as you know, and many of the people that are listening know, systems in a company is one of the strongest and most valuable value drivers for the future value of a company, whether it's in transition or to be exited and sold. And I would think uh, that you spent a great amount of time creating and helping companies create systems in all areas of their business, procedural things. Definitely. And and you help with the documentation or is that up to the company to get that done? Um, no, I think a lot of times the documentation is the hardest part for companies to get done sometimes. Um, so my process when I start to work with a new business is spending a lot of time asking a lot of questions because again, I feel really strongly that I will only be effective if I understand all the unique challenges that a business has. And so sometimes it's looking at the resources that are sitting there and figuring out, is there someone that can do, do a really good job of documenting processes. So for instance, one of my clients I'm working with right now is a craft brewery and they have a few people on their team who are very, very detail oriented all about kind of being really um, efficient and, and they're not in management roles, but it's very evident that those are strengths for them. So we, one of the areas we kind of went through a strategic planning process and identified some things that needed to happen in the business. And one of them was putting SOPs in place as they get bigger so that as new employees come in, um, there are resources for them to draw on when the, the lead brewer isn't in the building. It's one of their biggest goals was how do we, we, we've started this business and it's grown tremendously, but we can never leave. <laughs> right. And right. that I think is very common. You're involved in every single aspect of a business. So we're trying to make that transition to how can I walk out the door and go to dinner or go away for a weekend and feel confident that the roof's not going to collapse. So using finding resources internally to help document processes is really important. But we look at processes related to all kinds of things that are very relevant to the employee experience. And that includes, you know, how we recruit, what we what we do through the hiring process, the ever critical onboarding process, which by the way, is not just the orientation first day, here's where the bathroom is stuff. It's how are we gonna get you from a new employee through your first year? And what are the milestones and benchmarks that we need to put in place so that we're sure that you're moving along at the right pace and that you're happy and engaged? Because one of the biggest costs to any company is turnover. And a lot of times that turnover can be reduced significantly if you're paying attention to how you bring someone on and, and engage them in your organization. So, yeah, we do a lot of work around processes, documenting processes, trying to put them in, you know, again, HR systems, HRIS, HR, human resource information systems are now so, have so many opportunities to become very efficient in some of those processes 
where in the old days it was name, address, phone number, emergency contact, and payroll was pretty much all that was in the system. Now you can have everything from performance evaluations, um, employee surveys, all your time in attendance, uh, expense reimbursement, all kinds of different modules are available to help you streamline processes. So you're not spending tons of time on these things, but they're getting done and you're, you're creating a database of measurable information that you can then use to make good decisions. You know, um, on that, I, I can't express how important the systems are. And it does a couple of things. Um, I've always said to people who are in business, um, can you, can you leave your business for three months and go and enjoy life? And if the answer is no, it really means you don't have a business. Right now you have a job. Yep. But the goal is to have a business. That, that means creating systems, middle management, next level management, um, so that you can leave and go for vacation and ultimately transition down the road because you do want to have dinner with your family every now and then, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> and I think, I think one of the really important things that we bring to is a, an ability to kind of ask good questions that get them focused on those future goals and then figuring out what we can do now to help support getting there. And a perfect example is a small business that's growing and someone needs to hire a supervisor. And we need to make sure, you know, most of the time people, that is, that's a crisis. Oh my gosh, I need to have, you know, I need to add another person. And so it's whoever seems to fit the mold of what they need today is typically what a business manager or owner will do. They'll say, I need someone who can work these hours, that has these skills. But oftentimes they're not thinking about what do I need that person to be a year from now or three years from now so that you're looking for the core competencies that will support being sure that that person that you're hiring today is going to be able to grow with your business and take on the things that you envision the role might need to take on in the future. And, and again, sometimes we're just reacting to what we need in the moment. And so it's really helpful, I think, for business owners to, to hear those questions and really think about, gosh, if I, you know, if I need this person to go from managing one location to three locations, are there different skills and abilities that they're going to need to have inherent in their core competencies to increase the likelihood that they'll be able to grow with me the way I'm envisioning? Yeah. And, and that's my, one of the questions that I have here is that what are employers doing? to keep key employees with them and not lose them. Because if you're a key employee, all your competitors know who he is or she is. Yeah. They know him very well. They might have talked to them at one time. So what do you see the employers doing to maintain that they can have the best chance of keeping these key people? So there's a couple of things. I mean, compensation is always part of it, right? So looking at are you paying them fairly? So getting good data to support your decisions around pay and benefits. Um, but that's really a small part of it. I think the most important thing that successful employers do, there's a few things. 
first of all, they ask regularly. They check in. They want to understand what's going well. What's, you know, what are, what are your barriers? <clears throat> what's important to you? Um, what's going to keep you happy and engaged? Because it, it varies by employee. And so any employer who decides they're going to, you know, start an employee engagement program and doesn't actually get input from their employees is wasting a lot of time. So I think one thing is understanding what's motivating that key employee, what's important to them, and then looking around the organization to see how you can ensure that they're getting what they need. And sometimes it's about development, right? Really good key employees oftentimes are very motivated by the opportunity to learn and grow and improve their skills. Um, and that takes time and effort and it can't happen accidentally. So there needs to be planning around how you're gonna develop that employee over time. What types of internal and external opportunities are there to keep that person growing and, and happy in their personal development. And, and that's, a hard, that's a hard thing for a lot of business owners to do because it means giving up control of some things. If you really start to develop someone, then you have to start giving them more responsibility. And that I find is the hardest thing for, for owners in, in growing businesses is trusting that um, this person can adequately perform the duties that you need, to, that you need to move off your plate. And I want to share one of the best things I ever <laughs> learned from one of the worst bosses I ever had um, who was, who was aware that she was not a very strong manager. And she shared with me at one point that one of the things that her coach was, was working with her on was the concept of reasonably right. And it's something that I have kept in my brain. I've shared with a lot of people and it seems to really resonate with a lot of managers, which is no one's ever going to do your job exactly the way you do it. No one's going to do your tasks exactly the way you do them. They're not going to write an email the, exactly the same way you would. They're not going to deal with a client exactly the way you would. But at what point is it good enough that it gets the result so that that person can have a win? Um, and, and I think for a lot of key employees, the thing that will drive them away is a manager that doesn't trust them and give them the ability to make independent decisions. And, and it's a balancing point, right? You don't want to just let someone go rogue, but is there a point where it might not be exactly the way I would do it, but it's, it's reasonably right. It's good enough. It's going to achieve what, it, what we're trying to achieve. And I need to let this person do it in the way that that feels comfortable for them. So yeah. I think that's a big piece. Yeah, you know, that's great advice. And, and I, I would add to it, uh, a key element of that is the supervising, having the supervisor having the ability to let go of their ego and understand that there's no such thing as 100% perfect. 80% perfect works most of the time kind of right. thing. And you're right. You know, when you're talking about this, I keep thinking of my son works for Trader Joe's and it's one of the greatest cultures. Uh, it's a very good business model, but everybody works 
diff, different, every two hours they change roles mm-hmm. the day and they learn all of these interchangeable parts, but they love doing it. But, the, you know, creating a culture in a business, whether it's a three-man company or a 300-man company, is so essential for people to have trust with each other and build on a culture. I look at bishops and Guilford's a perfect example yeah. of culture, you know? So what you're talking about is really uh, part talent by the owner management team and understanding this and acceptance by the employee to see that there's potential and there's some really good lights at the end of the tunnel for them. Absolutely. I mean, what makes people stay in a business is not their paycheck. Very rarely is that really the primary motivator in someone deciding to leave. It's about feeling like they know the vision for the business and they're on board and they're excited to be a part of helping the business get there. And there's recognition for the contributions that they're making to help that business get there. I think that's probably the other big piece that really successful managers have when it comes to um, being successful with key employees is they've figured out positive and unique ways to recognize their contributions. And again, it doesn't just have to be money. Um, And it's different for every employee. Some employees, you know, I use the DISC assessment a lot in my work and coaching and people are motivated by different things. So making a big hoopla about a contribution might be just what one employee loves and might horrify another employee. So again, it comes down to really understanding the individual, understanding what's important to them, and then finding ways to develop and reward and recognize based on what's, what's most comfortable for that employee. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is personalities. Um, uh, you know, Robin, I, I've often asked you this question, uh, but it's a great question to ask you once again so people hear it. But when should someone who's running and owning a business seek out an HR consultant? Um, that's a great question. And there are actually a couple of different scenarios under which typically I find people reach out to us. The first and the least favorite is there's a crisis, Um, but it's an important inflection point. But sometimes they might be having an issue with an employee. Uh, They might be having concerns about someone claiming harassment. Um, They might be experiencing really debilitating turnover um, or be having a really hard time filling key positions. Um, and in those in those moments, business owners kind of throw their hands up and say, I don't know what else to do, so we need to get help. Um, I think the and, – and that's that's an important opportunity, right? I want to fire someone, and I'm not sure if I have all my ducks in a row to do it, or I'm not sure if I'm in compliance. Those are all really important motivators, and certainly that gives us an opportunity to go in and – and help calm the situation and move in a good direction and kind of get through that crisis. The, the really fun clients for us are typically 
companies that either know they want to grow and they feel they need some help figuring out how to get from point A to point B, or they're experiencing or have experienced some significant growth, and now they're realizing that they really don't have the structure in place to support that. And a great example is we, we had a company that went from uh, 15 employees to about 100 employees in a pretty short period of time. And when it was 15 employees, it was a lot of family members and, you know, cousins and people that had been around with the organization for a while and everybody was happy and comfortable. But now all of a sudden there were all these new people and there were no policies in place. There was no, you know, they didn't have an employee handbook. They didn't know how to really determine when people could take time off or how much they wanted to pay them. You know, there were a lot of moving parts that had no structure to it. And so they recognized we really need someone to come in and help us figure out what our vision is as an employer. And then the third time, the third scenario where typically we'll, we'll jump in is an organization that already has an HR presence. Um, We've worked with companies that have teams of eight or 10 people but they're not operating at a level that's meeting the needs of the business or they're, they're experiencing a lot of turnover in their HR department or they're, you know, they're just not able to meet the goals that the organization has for them. And so we'll come in from as out as an outside observer and do an assessment of how the, how the HR function is structured and make recommendations about, training that might help. We've actually had a couple of businesses where they've completely restructured their service model for their HR department based on our input um, so that they're, they're able to provide the level of service that the leadership's vision, that matches the leadership's vision of how the company is going to operate as an employer. And, you know, I, I'm sure people would like to know a process. I'm sure you have a process when you're working with business owners. Can you elaborate on on how that all works? Yeah, so it varies a little bit depending on the situation, you know, where in those three buckets the company sits. But generally speaking, you know, our the first step is let's sit and talk. and tell us about what your challenges are that you're experiencing and really what you what you feel you're trying to achieve you know what was the motivation for calling us um one of my favorite questions to ask in my initial conversations with potential clients is you know what would if you decided to bring us on to work with you what would success look like a year from now? What would be different about your life as the manager or owner? Um, because that really helps us determine are those goals that we can find effective methods for moving toward. So I have, I'll often have a couple hour conversation with a business owner just to understand kind of where they've been, where they're going, where they see their gaps. Um, and then we kind of talk about different options that might help them. And, and I think most of the time, regardless of which scenario someone's in, 
a lot of it is about helping them to determine what are their priorities because you can't jump into a business and fix all of their challenges in a month, right? right. Generally speaking. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a good amount of conversation, understanding kind of from a budgetary standpoint, what they feel they can manage in terms of bringing in some extra help. And then we'll present a proposal um, and, and determine the best way to work moving forward. One of, one of the most important messages that I give to clients when we're talking about the potential for us to engage is that my goal is not ever to be their forever HR resource. I'm, you know, my goal is to help them get to a place where they're comfortable in, in how they're operating where they have resources internally that understand the basics that they need to run day to day, um, that they've got a plan in place for moving forward. Sometimes it's about bringing in, you know, hiring an HR person or getting the training for somebody that's kind of inherited that role. And that ultimately my goal is for them to just be, I'm their phone a friend when they have an issue that they're not sure how to handle. Yeah. Um, You're kind of telling them, I'm going to show you how to build it, but you have to build it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have to figure out how to run it. And sometimes that means outsourcing pieces of the function might make the most sense, but generally, generally for businesses that are growing, they're, they're invested in the idea of having control of all of these pieces that encompass HR. And so it's about, okay, how can we get you to a place where you don't need a consultant, you don't need to go outside for the bulk of these things. And it becomes a great developmental opportunity oftentimes for someone in the organization to really jump in and learn. And I coaching other HR people is one of my favorite parts of the job. So I always encourage that if there's someone in in house that you know is already invested in the company, um, let's see if we can't build some internal talent to handle some of these challenges. Yeah, you, you know, I just noticed that that is really one of the, your values that I know you give to business owners. You show them how to build it; they have to build it. But you're there uh, in the aftermath to coach and basically train people to make that building uh, uh, that, that, that what they structure together, keep it going. I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty, pretty solid position to be in for both the employer and you. Yeah. And it's, it's great for me because I, I am motivated by new, right. And I knew when I started my business that what I didn't want to do is just be a, you know, part-time HR service provider for a couple of businesses. Yeah. I really want to come in, help organizations solve their problems and move forward in a better direction, and then go meet a new business owner who has a challenge. Because that's really exciting to me. I'm a nerd. I love, I love learning about how businesses run, what their products are, who their competition is. You know, I grew up, my dad was a, um, in manufacturing and so from the time I was very young, it was going onto the plant floor after hours and seeing how all the machines operate. And um, I love 
to understand all of those processes. And again, I think if without it, it's really hard for me to give guidance about the best person to fill a role if I don't really fundamentally understand what that role is and what the challenges are that need to be solved by filling that position. And I, that certainly is a unique uh, point of view and experience. And so that's my, my final question for you. I'll get you off the hot seat in a moment. But um, so that's the question is, what makes you unique to the, uh, as a consultant in the eyes of your business owner? So when, when we decide to engage with a client and they decide that we're the right solution for them, I become the biggest cheerleader for that organization, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's about me becoming a partner with them. And my clients know that if they're, if they're struggling with something, they can pick up the phone on a Friday night at 8 o'clock. And if I'm available, I am there to talk them through it and I've, I've found in my experience that most of the big crises happen at Friday night on, an, at, on a Friday night at eight o'clock. Um, and I've had to talk some people down from, from high anxiety. I'm not sure why that is. And often it's like before a holiday weekend too. Um, but, you know, I, my goal is to become someone that they trust has nothing but the best interest of their organization and their success in mind. And, I believe if you were to speak to any client that's worked with me or the other consultants in my office, that that would be the thing that they, that they would say is they trust us. They know that we know their business. They, we drove them crazy in the beginning asking a million and a half questions and wanting to see everything. But it was so that we could really help them make the best decisions and that Ultimately, we're not the ones that make the decisions, right? And that's one of the hardest parts of HR when you're working in a big company in particular. You know, it's ultimately not our decision how any manager manages a situation. It's the manager's decision. It's not our decision what direction a business owner takes. Our, our, Our ability to affect positive change is is where we contribute and that is by creating a trusting relationship being well armed and understanding the challenges the business has and being available and knowledgeable and if we're not i think this is probably the most important thing sometimes questions come up you know hr people learn everything (laughs) Once people start talking to us, they tell us everything that's happening in the business. And we learn about all the problems, whether they have to do with HR or not. Um, I pride myself in having a really amazing network of people around me so that when we get to something that's outside my level of comfort, of, of feeling like I am qualified to give advice, that I can point people to someone else that I trust who I know will, will treat them the same way. That's pretty critical. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's it. I know, uh, I know what you're saying because it, these, you're very much like a coach for business organization and structure. 
we all have coaches, but uh, the HR has become a tremendous uh, specialty, like you had mentioned, where facets of the business are not 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 in one compartment there there there's a large breadth of all these areas of business that someone's got to guide the business owner and the management team in the right direction and you know i learned a lot tonight today from you as to that procedure you work with and the only thing i can i can sum it up in one word you really have become a coach yeah. to aspects of the company and with all that knowledge you have and um so the people that are listening, you know, whether you're small or large, um, Robin's firm is really the, the person to go to to get the right, it get to get the right direction of where you're going with your company because you do have to define it. And Robin, I totally understand all the questions and the data. And remember, business owners live on the life of brevity. They they'll give you 10 minutes because they don't have any time that usually that's the case, but they, these are things you need to have to do the right job, you know? Yeah. So Robin, um, can you kindly tell us how someone could contact you? Uh, should they want to talk to you and have a little converse, conversation with you about their business? For sure. Um, I would encourage people um our website kind of gives you a good overview of the different areas, uh, this kind of scope of services that we offer, and a little bit about myself and the other consultants in the group. And that is nehrc.com. So Northeast HR Consulting, nehrc.com. My email is robin at nehrc.com. And my office number is 203-479-0304. And I am always very happy to chat with people. You know, it has to be a good fit for a client. And sometimes it's not the right fit and that's okay. And I know other, other HR consultants that I'm happy to refer people to. Um, but I think having a good conversation so that people understand kind of my values, the values of our of our company, and so that they feel comfortable that this would be a worthwhile relationship to develop is really my goal in having that conversation. I'm not a hard sell kind of person. I I'm all about I am all about Gosh, did I forget to turn my phone off? I'm all about finding the best solution for individuals, whether they're my client or not. And um, I think everyone that's ever talked to me would would believe that they walk away feeling like I'm not trying to sell them something they don't need. Well, they have to take a first step anyways. And knowing you personally, uh, you're the easiest person to talk with. So, But Robin, I want to thank you for coming on, sharing all this information uh, with us. We really do appreciate it. Um, and again, uh, to the audience, remember, this show is really about learning more strategies and ideas to create a, a building business, more profits, but most importantly, find more leisure time to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. So, Robin, thanks thank so much you. for joining us. Well, and thank you, Tom. It was really a pleasure. And thank you so much for your interest in what we do here. 
Great. Listen, have a nice weekend. You as well. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.